0: Right, guys, welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by Buds and Leaves. Like normal, get yourself a Buddha stick. If you're not using CBD and you're a performance athlete, like a runner, a football player, a soccer player, a combat sports fighter, I highly recommend it. I use it on a daily basis. It alleviates a lot of pain and helps with inflammation and recovery. We're also brought to you by... In my opinion, the best shoes in boxing right now, box runner shoes, they're super lightweight, they're durable, you can train with them outside too. And the most important thing I think uh, in a boxing boot is ankle support. These things got the best ankle support I can find. I got the Hyper KOs, I've got Rival Boxing Shoes, I've got Adidas Boxing Shoes, I always go to my box runner shoes, and uh, I think they're the best, They're, they're fucking great, try them out. Um, you can find box runner shoes at www.boxrunnershoes.com. And last but not least monster headphones, the best headphones in the business. Go over to www.monsterstore.com and get yourself a pair of monster headphones, hands down the best headphones of all time. Uh, we had a, a very special guest today on the show. He's my favorite guy to break down a fight. You can check him out on YouTube. His YouTube name is Manny Montreal, and that's who the fuck we're talking to, Manny Montreal.
1: How you doing, bud? I'm great, man. You, where the hell are you right now? Are you in your house? Uh, yeah. Oh. House, office, home base, everything. <laughs> You're a busy guy.
0: I try to be. <laughs> You're always going somewhere. You've been real busy over the last couple weeks. You went to the Badu Jack fight. The, that was all the way in Toronto, too.
1: Yeah, no, I've been very lucky to be honest. I've been very lucky. I wasn't supposed to go to that, and then the week after we had Quebec City, David Lemieux's return. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to go to that either. But lucky enough, I got some crazy fans out there, and they made sure I got the treatment. That uh... Toronto was very cool. I had a driver and a private plane. I landed at that little airport. Yeah, 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 yeah it was nuts. I got lucky because Toronto, what ended up happening is uh, a group of guys from Toronto were going to the fight and they were flying in a buddy. And that guy knows me and he had to cancel. So when they were about to cancel everything, he said, wait, hold up. If you don't mind, I'll introduce you to my buddy. He's the guy that should be sitting at that table. If you want to talk boxing, he's the guy you should bring. So long story short, I got his ride, his chauffeur, his condo. The whole nine. I got treated very, very well. I was very lucky, and Quebec City was something similar. A uh, fight fan and uh, a friend uh, drove up with me, and he had an extra room, so it was a really good time both times. That's pretty cool that there, a fan out there could hook you up with both of those
0: those those things. Because the the jackadonna Jack Adonis, Stevenson fight was a fairly
1: it's a it's a big fight. Well, look, I. I'm accredited to everything, right? If I had the money, I can go to anything. There's nothing that no one will say no to me for. I know this because for the Fight City, which is the website I help out, uh, we get accredited everywhere. Uh, I have writers from different countries and stuff apply for stuff, and we cover other fights elsewhere. Obviously, we try and do Montreal as much as possible. But um, you know, I'm very lucky when it comes to that. So I have all the numbers and emails So as far as getting the seat, it's not a problem. It's just sometimes getting there. Like Toronto, just the drive or the flight. I have a 94 Buick. I ain't driving there. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, these little things are needed right now. Hopefully when things pick up, I'll be able to do more. I was lucky enough to give you an example. I went for a Triple G at Madison Square Garden. You know, and if Triple G Canelo 2 would have happened, I was this close to actually pulling off Vegas. Which is still on my bucket list. Well, I wanted
0: to get your thoughts on the uh, the Badu-Jack Adonis-Stevenson fight. Did you think that the, the draw was warranted?
1: I think he got lucky with the draw. Which one? I think he... Uh, Adonis. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, here's the thing, okay? And I had a lot of complaints about this fight before, which you can definitely check out on my YouTube channel. About a month and a half before the fight, I predicted that uh, Adonis Stevenson better watch out because he'll get railroaded by uh, the TMT train. If you look for my YouTube videos, it's really easy. I put Adonis Stevenson underneath Tommy the the train. So <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I was lucky enough to follow Luce Bute to Washington, D.C. when he fought Badu Jack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been to a few shows now, and I've seen the way things are done. And DC was a whole nother world. And the way Mayweather Promotions was in charge of literally everything. Like, guys here in Montreal, like the commission and stuff, would never look to the promoter and say, is that okay? The The commission here in Montreal is... Is laying down the rules and the promoter has to say okay to them mm. whereas in I saw for the very first time like Everybody the the glove selection everything they would just turn and look to the Mayweather team. Is this all right? so wow. I knew From that fight with Lu Chang, You know, there was a lot of weird I don't want to say shady because I ain't got proof of stuff But I, I got a list of at least 10 things that I found strange mm-hmm. now when Adonis was going to fight in Toronto, when they were talking about that rumor that it might go to Toronto, I was a little worried about it. Seeing how Badu Jack's not a natural light heavyweight and that he's done it before against uh, a so-called B-level uh, light heavyweight, a same-day weigh-in only benefits him. Yes. Uh, so that's number one. and That's what I was fearing in Toronto. That they didn't end up doing that, and they made some adjustments for it, which the WBC uh, would have never came back to Toronto had they not made those adjustments. But um, even with those adjustments, I was worried about the whole promotional side of things because Adonis Stevenson having issues with Yvonne Michel uh, was obviously not going to let Yvonne Michel be in charge of anything. And I knew how things went down with the Mayweather team before. So, for example, all three judges were picked by the Mayweather team. That's something that would never happen here in Montreal. Here in Montreal, the commission has to pick two out of four of the judges. And right before the fight starts, they decide which three does that fight. So there's actually like a backup judge just in case. And that guy ends up working uh, anyway in some other function. But the point is he's there, right? Somebody catches the flu, uh, can't get off the throne, whatever it is, you know, you got a backup judge. There's more backup judges, too. There's plenty of guys that are accredited, but it's not the point. They pick four, and the commission picks two. In Toronto, it was a new guy because things are a little messed up with the commission. By the way, the guy that decided that Mayweather gets to pick the judges has already quit his job. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of, like I said, strange things that, like, you know, that would not normally have happened in a major fight that I saw happen. So uh that being said, I think they got lucky with the draw. I think like uh if if Adonis didn't knock him out, which was my prediction, then Adonis was going to lose. Yes. Because uh let's to talk honestly, Badu Jack throws combinations. Uh you know, throws both hands. Throws from in close, throws from outside. You know, he's a well-rounded boxer. Whereas Adonis Stevenson is known for his power punch. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. And he exposed Adonis Stevenson in this fight, A, for two things. And before this fight, another complaint that I had was Adonis Stevenson doesn't really train hard. He's never been known for the guy that, oh man, he's always in the gym. He owns his own gym. And then, as far as sparring partners go, he's never really... A, spent money and flown guys in or anything, or B, just used the guys that he has around him. He barely spars. And the main reason for that is there's no coach in the building to sit there and tell him, hey, you have to do this. For example, his fight with Badu, his coach flew in three weeks before the fight. Oh wow, (laughs) That's the first time they discussed Badu Jack was three weeks before the fight. Now, how much discussion did they have is a whole nother thing. Because I don't think Adonis Stevenson wants to hear it. He's in charge. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot of, no matter how big the star is, even a Floyd Mayweather, there's always been a level of respect given to a coach. Yes. So Floyd, luckily enough, you know, he had his family in his corner. So there is a level of respect. And Floyd, it's bordering on he's almost in charge even though he's in the corner. <laughs> right? Right. Because, I mean, he's the, one, he's the bread earner and everybody's on his payroll. But every other fighter, for the majority, there's a level of respect between the coach and the fighter. And, you know, it just seemed like, I don't know. It, it, it seems to me like it's been a couple of years since Adonis Stevenson's taken things seriously. And I think that's due to the amount of uh, opposition he's faced. And, uh, you know, he's not under pressure to fight more than once a year. So he does whatever the hell he wants, which kind of sucks you know there's just other guys with the wbc belt that you know get forced out of fights or forced into fights real easily but adonis seems to you know skate by with things and you can only get lucky so long with that kind of thing i think the rematch is going to happen in toronto nonetheless and the major reason for that is despite the fact that it was a small crowd cuz i think it would have been a bigger crowd in quebec oh yeah the thing i re- the thing i realized about toronto is for example, I was sitting in a VIP ticket, right? And uh, in Montreal, for that same seat, I would have had some sort of uh, maybe three or four course meal, you know, offered out with it. And I would have probably have paid half the price. Now, the ticket I was sitting at was 413 bucks in Montreal might have been 250 Holy you know shit. What I'm saying? And in Montreal, I would have got food with it, I would have had to pay for booze. There's booze service, right? But I'm saying, overall, the reason I think Toronto's going to be pulling it off is because they they're playing with a different income out there. Yeah. A $25 ticket in Montreal is not the same thing as a $25 ticket. There is no $25 ticket in Toronto. No. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I, think, I think the cheapest seat was like 65 or 75 bucks, which would not fly here. So I get it. They shot for less people, but they got almost the same amount of money as they would have if they would have done it here. The second thing is the first time since I've been covering boxing professionally, which is about four years and a bit now, Adonis got cheered. There was chants. (laughs) What? Superman. Superman. This guy has not fought as a champion, has not fought at home to hear that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe five, six guys that are all technically on the payroll or going out with them afterwards will do a chant. But not the, not the stands, not, you know, the nosebleeds. Yeah. That's what happened in Toronto. Now, they did do it for Badu Jack, too. So, I think it's more a case of Toronto fans just don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> that would be my but, guess, yeah. Uh, Adonis. Adonis could, could capitalize on that, is my point. Uh, he might have a bit of an easier time because I think uh, it's. I think his opportunities of being a fan favorite or building some sort of fan base here in Montreal are gone. Oh yeah, I think, I, I I think, think he would have got with. booed. There's no way he can redeem himself here, no matter what he does. No. I, oh, absolutely, he would have got booed. Yeah, I, he would have got
0: booed out of the building, walking out. But what do you? Hold on, I'm gonna turn my Wi-Fi off. Oh, are you slowing down?
1: <laughs> you still there? Yeah, I'm still, still here. Yet? We got you. Okay, Sorry about that. My Wi-Fi was fucking up. That's so all right. Said... Uh, yeah,
0: like I was saying, I think he would have got booed out of the frigging building in Montreal. There there wouldn't have been a, a
1: person in that building that didn't boo him. Well, I listen, here's the thing, right? I have such a hard time because I don't want to boo any fighter. Yeah. Right? That's my whole model. I I root for the home team, you know, even though Adonis, I thought he was going to get railroaded. I was rooting for him to win. I'm not a particular fan of his, and a lot of that's his own fault. But here's the thing, right? There's a lot of stuff he doesn't put out there that he does, that he should put out there. But I guess, I don't know, in the past, he's been wrongfully represented. He's got a new agent now, which I'm expecting the next six months Maybe things will change a little bit. She's a lady that worked with a few rappers and NFL players and NBA players. So here's hoping she knows what she's doing and she can help them out. Because, uh, I mean, look in Quebec city, like two years ago, um, I like walking through the stands and the crowd and stuff. And I'd get crowd shots and I shake hands with people. I do. I'm, you know, I, I like work in a room Yeah. and, uh, there's a really good advantage point to take pictures from, which is usually where uh, handicapped people sit. OK, so I'm sitting there taking some pictures and there's a whole mess load of handicapped kids, you know, some in wheelchair bound, some not, you know, but they're there with their group and their, are uh, I guess guardians or whatever, the guys that are there watching over them. So I start chit chatting one guy, you know, and we're talking about the fights and uh, he goes, you want to hear something cool? I'm like, what's up? It's like, you see these 15, 20 kids here? I'm like, yeah. He goes, they're all from Montreal. I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. Quebec City, two and a half hour drive. You guys made the trek like that. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Uh, everyone's a boxing fan, I guess. You know, I'm like I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. He's like, no, Adonis sent us up. What? Adonis Stevenson paid for three limos. Limos. And brought these kids up and gave them all seats. Oh, no, nobody knows that that didn't get put out in the newspaper that day. You know, no newspaper man sat there and took pictures. I mean, I could have done it, but it's not like I would have got him what he deserved on that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was just so blown away by it. I didn't even put two and two together that I should have. Well, mind you, I mean, they're they're kids and they're enjoying the fight. I don't want to you know what I mean? I did not want to mess up with the whole thing, the vibe at the time. But it it really did phase me, and it really, I do keep that in mind when people, you know, trash talk him and stuff, you know. Uh, There's a missing kid here. I I think he put 10 or 15K down to help find him. Wow. You know, that got out in the news because, uh, well, I mean, it went from 5K to like 25K (laughs) in a shot. So people were trying to figure out how that happened, and then it turned out it was him. You know, there's little things. I know he goes to the barbershop shop and he lets kids sit in the Ferrari and they rev the engine. And you know, I'm not saying he's ever done this, right? Because it would be highly illegal, seeing how it's a two-passenger car. Yeah. But maybe five, six kids have gone for a ride around the block at 160 miles an hour. It's happened. You get what <laughs> I'm saying? He's he's not a bad guy. I just. Without being insulting, I don't think he's that bright. Well, it's it's stuff like that that should get put out in the
0: news because it's not every day that you get a, a guy like that that's willing to, to shuttle in three limos worth of, of handicapped people to come watch his fight, whether they even like it or not. Who knows? But for, that's, that's the thing for him to they shell out the money, back. it's crazy.
1: Yeah, and they got food and the whole nine, you know what I mean? It's like he really, really did take care of them. So... You know, there is, I like it or not, it is what it is. We live in the world we live in, right? I have a real big feeling that if he had a French-sounding name and a different skin complexion, this wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. I mean, uh, uh, without naming names, right, there's a couple white fighters out here that are maybe more popular who don't take their boxing as seriously. And, you know, don't always perform, but somehow they're still loved by the media. So, you know, Adonis has not lost. We need to keep that in mind. He's held on to that belt. Soon, he'll hold on to it longer than any fighter has. Going to beat uh, Bernard Hopkins' record. I might not be happy about the way he did it, right? But uh, in the end, man, fuck everyone else. Retire with no brain damage and a big check is what I wish for all of them. So if he pulls it off, all the
0: better. Hey, I got to tell you right now, I didn't know any of that about Adonis Stevenson. And and now it's stuff like that that changes opinions of people. Now I'm a fan.
1: We see this is the thing, right? (laughs) You are, but then the fucker's going to say something on the mic and you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, motherfucker, what a fucking dumbass. He does this to me all the time. Cause he's from here. I want to root for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He comes from the Kronk Gym. It's one of the most old school fucking gyms. He's the last guy. Emmanuel Stewart saw him spar and said that guy's gonna be a world champion on power alone. Emmanuel Stewart. You know what I mean? That's as far as boxing romance goes. As as the the mythos, of the, the the chronology of the the history of all this shit. Right? Adonis has got that perfect pedigree. He's got that perfect story. He could have very well, this could have been a whole different kind of ball of wax. Oh, yeah. Big time.
0: Huh? Hey, oh. it, stories, it's stories that make these things go, right? Like not, Realistically, do we hear anything about Adonis Stevenson in the news other than
1: bullshit? Well, no, that's the thing, right? And And you'll get that because, I mean, like I said, a lot of it's his own fault. Yeah. We're Quebec's a pretty simple place, right? You can rip a Ferrari every now and then. People will like it, right? They'll like it. But you can't do it every weekend. You can't <laughs> be wearing fur coats in the middle of summer. You, you, you know, uh, if, he was, if he was a 22-year-old fighter, right, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be losing my mind. Mad. Why are people letting him waste his money on this stuff? Doesn't he realize this burns his image and everything? But we're talking about a 39-year-old father, 40-year-old father. How am I supposed to explain to him that doing (laughs) that every time you finish an Instagram story isn't really cool? You sing along in your Ferrari. People don't care. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If, If we lived in the States... If he lived in Los Angeles and he did all this Mayweather-esque stuff, yeah, he'd have Instagram followers and all of that stuff. And people would be treating him like the uh, Black Dan Belzerian. But instead, he's from Quebec. You get what I'm saying? They want to see you do regular things. They want to see you be a regular guy. Spend your money that people will not shit on you for doing the occasional big money thing and and reminding people Hey, man, I got that kind of money. That's fine. But if you constantly throw it in their face This is what's gonna happen, right? We're a blue-collar Province It's everybody works for their dollar, it's Canada Yeah, no, yeah Absolutely, it's Canada. This isn't, you know, you can do it once in a while. We'll ride with you, you know, the big boat on the lake. That's really cool, man, happy for you. When you're doing it every day, you can't ball every day like that. We know what's up. We know the car's plates are a rental. We know, you get what I'm saying? Like, if we really do the work, we know, right? That The fur jacket, you started a fur jacket company. I know what's up, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a nice condo. I know the real estate company that's renting it to you. <laughs> You feel me? Like, don't flex too hard because the world will find out. Well, it all comes
0: out in the wash at the end of the day. Now, somebody I want to know what the hell is going on with is my boy, David Lemieux. I like that guy. I think he's exciting to watch, but he missed weight.
1: Look, here's the thing, right? I I love David. I love David. He's one of those young guys. I mean, he was 17 knocking out men. Yeah. Right? People forget this. People forget because he's so freaking young. Right? But if if he was ten years older, we'd be talking to him about him like he was one of the greatest ever. Because it's really phenomenal if you look how much he's done. And then on top of that, you look at his career shot up, then it took a huge nosedive, took a huge loss, took a couple losses, and then brought it back up, which is so tough to do in this sport. Oh yeah. Went from fighting the best back down to fighting the best again, arguably climbing back up again. But his name's always managed to stay relevant, you know, and he's always had that mass appeal. Now, as far as the weight, his manager's talking about him going up to 168, which there's only one fight I might think of him going at 168 for, but everyone else is just too scary and big. Right, He's, he's not big enough. He's not big enough for 168. No, height, power, everything. You know, like the, the stuff that makes him good at 160 sixty—is will be nullified at 168, in my opinion. Yeah. And even at 160, you know, arguably it would have been fun if he could make 154. You know what I mean? Because uh, at 154, I think he would just be devastating. But, you know, that's easy to say. It's not my body, and I'm I'm not the one doing it. And he's got years and years of wear and tear. And you and me both know you reach a certain point in your body that it won't go no more, right? Like, you know there's a certain level at your age that you can only get so fit, right? Yes. Well, at least w- at least without, you know, spending money in, on Russian-Chinese products, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you want to be legally healthy, there's a certain limit, you know, once you reach a certain age. And David... Even though he's not that old, he's got miles on him. Number one. Number two. Now, this is hearsay. This is purely conjecture from my mind. Just me thinking. But I happen to know he likes his booze. Yeah. Which is nothing where I like my booze. I'm pretty sure you like your booze. I don't think he's doing anything wrong or out of hand with it. However... If you're gonna be fighting at this level, you know, like uh there's a couple fighters that I know when they're not in camp, it's just bad. It's yeah, just bad. They let go hamburgers, the whole thing. You know, they it's understandable. You just had a really hard training camp, a really hard fight, and you you wanna have a little relaxed time, so they eat up and they drink up and guys will let go. Now, I don't think David kills it on the food, but I do think that, you know, he might uh uh a bite or in a drink or two and um at his age you know our livers carry fat yes okay so there's a certain thing that happens to you when you're over 30 right there's like a ring of fat that gets built around you and this is like from when we were freaking cavemen right it's just protection against your organs and stuff yeah right but uh you know obviously when you drink booze your liver will retain fat okay and uh, what that causes you to do is, obviously, when you're trying to dehydrate to cut weight, right, you're going to dehydrate, but that fat's not going to melt off your liver. It's going to stay there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah And yeah. it's also, if you look at David, when he missed weight, he still had, like, a little pinch around him. Yeah. You look, you could just go pinch his belly button. Now, there's no water in that. Yeah. Right? And he works out. So the only reason in my mind that he would still retain fat is because he drinks a little bit. It's the booze. And that's what I'm thinking. I can't hold it against the man, You know what I mean? And we all know boxers have vices like human beings do. Uh, And it's a little easier for boxers to get away with their vices. I personally think when you know how to eat a punch for some reason, it also unlocks some sort of thing inside of you. That makes you capable of eating, of drinking a lot. I have not met a fighter to this day that drinks, that has a low tolerance. <laughs> See, you I don't drink at all.
0: I okay. I quit drink. I haven't had a drink for seven years now. But uh, it definitely does pack the weight on you, and and if you
1: if you don't react well to it, it's probably just not a good idea to drink it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so, uh, I like i said i'm not i'm not you know professing i got inside knowledge or anything it's not like a barmaid may have called me you know to let me know that he was hanging out there for numerous hours it's it's not like one of those things have ever happened however <laughs> i have a very big suspicion that alcohol would be the source of, of the reason he retains a little weight. Now, that being yeah. said, it is something that is correctable. Mm-hmm. He's a little late in the game to start making corrections like this. How, how old is he now? 30. Wait, hold on. I'm... I think he's going to be 35. Okay, so he's so... the same age as I am. Yeah. He... Okay, I'm older. So, man, that makes me feel old. Okay, so, <laughs> quite big. Point being, if he goes down to 160, and let's say he does cut out the booze and everything mm-hmm. and changes things up, yeah, I guess, right? But like I said, it's a little late in the game for him to change in the, uh, what he's doing, to change his process, to change his whole life. You know, he can't become vegan tomorrow. It's not easy. No. Um, so that being said, I think 168 might be the way to go. Seeing as how his promoters had this issue with him before, I mean, they've scrapped an entire fight one time because of weight issues. Oh. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm trying to remember the dude's name. They brought him in from Texas, James DeLaRosa.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he missed weight one other time before. Yeah,
1: but that fight went through. Yes. See, what, ends, what ends up happening, right, is the guy you brought in to help your fighter, you know, look good again, right, more <laughs> yeah. or less, is now saying, well, um, now I got all the power. Because I can choose to say, fuck this. So how about you give me more? Or how about you give me this? Or how about you give me that? Now, when you see the fight go through despite the weight issues, it's because somebody made some concessions somewhere. When the fight doesn't go through, demands were not met. Mm -hmm. So that time around, I think they asked for an extra 30%. There was something ridiculous. But it was a smart move on their part because two weeks later, the dude already had a fight lined up back home. (laughs) So, you know, like... Yeah, it's like, uh, do I want to get beat up by David Lemire or do I leave here, make a, an amount of money anyway, and then make more two weeks from now in a winning fight? So, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't really blame the guy. But that being said, I don't see David Lemure going down to 160, even though I think 154 would be the place for him to be. Yeah. Uh, I think you give him one last fight here in Quebec at 168. Okay, maybe one more fight at 168 just to get him ready for that weight class. You get him somebody uh, you know, on the way up in 168 just you know, to give him a feel for it. And you line up an all-Quebec battle royale for the heartthrob king of Quebec. Luce Bute, versus David Lemure at 168. Listen, Luce still in the gym. It's a good okay. fight. He's retired, but he's still in the gym. Yeah. Sick puppy, you know, like he's he's a real sick one. I've never, to this day, I've never seen a human being trained like that. There is nobody that holds a flame to this man when it comes to training. Ooh, I'd like to see and, it. Oh, dude, you could, you could. Because he's still, maybe not as hard as he used to for fights, you know what I mean? But he's still laying down puddles in the gym just for the fuck of it, you know what I mean? So, good on him, you know what I mean? And I think it would be a big money fight for both of them. And yeah. they don't, Bute don't give no fucks he'll show up you know what i mean like it's not about oh what if i lose you know you get a lot of fighters that think that way Bute doesn't give a fuck well I, I
0: say they put that francophone wbc title on the line too fuck it let's just do it
1: you can't you can't you can't you can't david didn't make weight that dude went home with his title oh see i read in the paper that he got stripped of them because he lost is that wrong it's possible they stripped him of it. That I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. But there's no way they'll make David fight for it after having missed weight for it. And if, like I said, there's no way Boutte will go down to 160. Boutte no. is like 168s tough. Okay. So uh, that being said, it may be a Franco title at 168 if they yeah. can find it. I have no idea who has it. But, yeah, no, David lost his chance at that. They won't give it to him again.
0: I really like David. I like his style. I like that he goes forward and throws bombs. But when I when I see him get matched up with like a Billy Joe Saunders type guy or Billy, it's
1: fucking tough, man. Well, listen, dude, I was there live for that. I it's was there live tough. for that. I hung out with the Saunders team the week of the fight. I actually, speaking of which, we should talk about it in a bit. Tyson Fury, when he was in Montreal, I got to hang out with all of them. And, uh, you know, I was... I tried defending myself. I'm like, my name's Manny Montreal. You know, I rooted for David against Triple G. What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? They're like, no, that's fine. You know, root for your hometown boy. But after the fight, man, did I get it. <laughs> man, did I get it. Like, and it was tough to defend because there was so little. I, It really was unexplainable it was almost worse than triple g because triple g it's like well it's triple g you want to get hit by that you know what i mean like he did his best against triple g there's nobody shot on him after triple g this was messed up billy joe made him look like an amateur and i got the i know guys that were sparring david you know and david was looking good It's not like, you know, he was all not feeling good or maybe he tore something. Fuck no. They said he hurt his hand afterwards and whatnot, but no. No, I don't believe that. Billy Joel was, uh, I think it was the perfect storm. I'd like to see those guys go at it again. I'm not sure if it would be the same. There was a few mistakes in that fight. Uh, One, if you're David Lemure's manager. There's certain fighters that I am strongly believe in this. For example, Eve Ulysses yeah right they should never put him in a small ring again no okay no never small rings. he needs room yeah david needs the small ring yes he's a phone they booth fighter him, they gave him this big ass ring against billy joe yeah terrible billy idea. joe just had plenty of canvas to fucking step around <laughs> and do all kinds of fucking dance moves so what the fuck you want him to do you get what i'm saying yeah. That's partially the promoter's fault in my mind, because if you're David's promoter, there ain't no fucking way he's fighting in anything outside of sixteen by sixteen. No. You know what I mean? I I'm I'll bring the ring in, I'll fly it in, I'll build it myself if I have to, but there's no way I'll I'll take less money. Uh oh. Manny's gone. No way David's gonna fight. On
0: hold. Manny, put us on hold. We're back. Sorry about
1: that. Sorry about that. I got a call. Oh, God. So, <laughs> it happens all the time. So, uh, that being said, it's not like I'm trying to shit on what Billy Joe did. Because Billy Joe did throw down a master class. And I honestly think it was a perfect storm. You know, fighters do get those ultimate fights. They do get those moments where they're just in the freaking zone. And I believe he was at his peak at that moment. It was just perfect timing. If they fought 10 times under different circumstances, I'm not entirely sure it would go down exactly like that. I think that was the optimal best timeline win
0: for Billy Joe. There's something with those gypsies, man. They, they can just
1: fight. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. What were you saying? I, I just said there's something with those gypsies. They can fight. Well, look, man. Uh, I got to see Tyson Fury, like I said before, up close and personal training. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, they brought a group of guys. So it wasn't just him. You know what I mean? There was a few other guys training and whatnot. It, there's a really good atmosphere in their camps. I feel like they're all there for each other. Like there's four guys there that had no fights lined up, all geared up, all working out. Even the guys that aren't sparring, you get what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you're here, you're gonna work out. That's the way it is. You know what I mean? Even the trainer had to do. You get what I'm? Yeah. So 100%. There was, was something very family team like atmosphere about it where they they support each other. And, uh, you know, and for Tyson, which I think was important because we've, he's discussed his mental health issues in the past and whatnot, you know, they were very – they were very uh, – the, the, it was a bit of a cheerleading thing going on. Yes. You, you know what I mean? And they're there and they're pumping him up and they're singing songs. They're playing songs he likes. That whole atmosphere kept them loose and kept them happy. So I imagine the same thing was happening for Billy Joe. Billy Joe's just in the training camp having fun, laughing. You know, there was no pressure. Despite it was a big fight for him, despite it meant a lot, you know, it, it really did mean a lot. Right now, uh, if you're watching the news, there's, he just hurt himself. Yeah. So he, he just stepped away from his fight with Martin Murray for the second time. And Martin Murray saying that there's a huge chance that that's because he's trying to line up a fight with Canelo or Triple G because negotiations between them for September looks to be not going very well. So uh, the idea would be that Billy Joe would fight Triple G or Canelo. Now, the only reason he's in talks for that is because of his performance against David. Yes. You, You know what I mean? So when you consider that, and you consider the fact that it was his first time fighting overseas... You know, Billy Joe's never taken a plane, dealt with foreign press. You know, he's on a hometown. He's hometown, literally 15-minute drive away from David Lemire's house. (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh, he he threw down one of his best fights. I think, you know, when he retires later on in the future, this is one of those fights that everyone's going to replay. It's quite possibly one of his best performances.
0: Uh, Isn't there another guy in play too? Spike O'Sullivan?
1: Is that his name? spike spike's actually been beaten by billy okay uh spike's a good lad i really really like him uh if you if you don't know him he's represented by the dropkick murphys yes i I like spike he's awesome and by the way just a free plug no they're not helping me out or anything (laughs) but they really do really good shows on facebook if you get a chance uh, even if you sometimes they make you pay for it but if you do they give you a full dropkick murphy's concert before and after the boxing so, so i mean
0: is that the same one that cam or not cam but steve claggett fought on that i believe the dropkick murphy's have
1: something to do with that promotion too or they own it correct correct there is a young man um, i'm trying to remember his first name last name o'connell which steve claggett lost to which I am very much hoping Eve Ulysses from here will be matched up against. I know there's been talks, and they've been talking, but uh, it was supposed to happen soon, but it uh, looks like it might be delayed a little bit, some talks with the WBC going on with that. But they're doing a really good thing. I mean, Spike's lined up right now. He's got the belts that he needs. Mm. Uh, he There was talks of him stepping in to fight Triple G against uh, when Canelo had to bow out. And it would have been the biggest payday of his life. He took an 80% payday cut and fought the day before. Yeah. Didn't lose his titles, still kept his ranking, and still has that fight lined up against Triple G if he wants to. Yeah. Right? So it's not like he completely lost. And you can't really blame him with no camp to just go straight to fighting Triple G. Oh, I'm, right?
0: not, I'm not mad at it. I, you'd be crazy to, if you're that close to something, why not actually wait and take the
1: time to prepare properly? Right. So, like, if it was like, oh, well, this is your only opportunity, then maybe I would have I been mad, right? Yeah. Because, fuck, man, you know, like, that's the biggest check he was ever going to make. You know what I mean? So, uh, when they didn't pull the trigger on it, I mean, a lot of people reacted negatively to it. So, you know, Spike got a little uh, negative press because of it. But overall, I mean, if if the promoters and managers of, on his team didn't force him, right, usually indicates to me that he's got a good team and they got a plan ahead of them. You know what I mean? So I'm not too worried about them. I would like to see Spike versus David, to tell you the truth. It's a good fight. Uh, that's a solid fight. And, you know, we can maybe get a Billy Joe rematch for Spike. Because mm-hmm. there was talks of Spike fighting Billy Joe again. But, I mean, Billy Joe didn't seem really enthusiastic about it. I don't blame him because Martin Murray, although a lot of people can complain about the Martin Murray fight, it was happening back home, and they were going to make money off the ticket sales. So I don't think the Saunders uh, pulling out of that fight is necessarily just about Canelo, Triple G, because he is going to lose money. Yes. When you promote at home, obviously it's a little bit better. You know, There's a bit of cash floating around in the back. So, you know, m- maybe you get a little more than your check will normally say. <laughs> you know, MTK is involved. It's going down in England. I could just imagine. But, uh, you know what I mean? So, I-, I wouldn't be too quick to say it's only that. Well, you got a fight card coming up in your
0: in your town this weekend, I believe. And our good friend Dario Berdisian will be competing
1: on that card. What's he got in store for him in, the, in this fight? Well, it's a solid card at the Casino de Montréal. Normally, it's a Thursday night show, but this is one of those rare ones. We're gonna, they're going to do it on a Saturday. If we're lucky, they're going to stream it for free and live on Facebook. Uh, all depends. I'll find out more details on that. Stay tuned to, I guess, both our social media because we'll be on top of it. If we find a live stream, <laughs> we'll share it. But um, dario has got a, a an opportunity, in my opinion. Okay. He's got a crafty opponent. Uh Got a decent record it's kind of what you expect for where dario is in his career there's nothing outlandish about it but it's not absurd either however i will point out that this fighter he's fighting has fought in montreal before oh. and although although that fighter he fought is now not around anymore they fought for six rounds and that fighter won a unanimous decision against them right so for a guy like me anyway the, the what makes this fight interesting is how Dario will look against him, a year and a half removed from the last time we saw this opponent. Yeah. In comparison to that nameless fighter from Montreal. You know, just to give you an idea, because Dario's roughly at that same point that fighter was at. You get what I'm saying? And oh. if Dario has a better performance than that fighter, then I can at least use that later on. As a reason. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I I predict Dario will do what Dario does best. I mean, uh, is he a fan favorite? I think other than his personality, no. Because he boxes clean. I mean, if you're a UFC fan, you're never going to be a Dario Berdishian fan. No. Yeah. He, He boxes cleanly. His whole purpose is to mess you up and not mess himself up. Yeah. I know he gets mad when his hair gets messed up. You know what I mean? And the kid's a boxer. So, uh, I mean, if he's worried about his hair getting messed up in the fight, you're not touching him on the nose. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no. I like watching him work, man. He's clean. Yeah. Listen, he's for a guy that likes boxing, he's your guy. Yes. He's your guy. Because, and here's the truth. We'll go back to race for a real quick minute, right? White boys aren't known for finesse. Okay, we're known we're known for Arturo Gatti stuff. Oh, look at him! He's the coolest. His ears hanging off his head, yeah. right? Look but, at Bruno. Uh... <laughs> Bless Bruno's heart. Bruno's a better boxer, but uh, Dario Dario's gonna give you a clean fight. He's gonna make it look easy, and uh, he's gonna make his opponent look stupid. And that's the way it should be. And if he boxes smart and everything goes his way, that's the way it's going to look. And I predict that he's, despite his opponent having given that other guy a tough fight for six rounds, I don't think he'll give Dario a tough fight. I think people will just be waiting for the end on this, like poor bastard. (laughs) I feel like when people watch Dario's fight, they think about how much time and travel his opponent has gone through like i I feel like Dario fighting makes people pity his opponent, yeah, when you get pieced up for six rounds and you don't hit the guy, it's kind of sad. yeah, you're like, shit, man. you came all the way down here for that. You didn't that kind of sucks. Yeah. there's one dude, there's one dude that kind of brought it to Dario, which was fun to see, you know, he gave Dario a few ball shots. Yeah, that was the last fight, yeah, so that you know, you know, here's hoping. This guy doesn't give up too easy, and, uh, you know, the bull keeps charging, and the matador does his thing. Uh, Um, That being said, said, I want to shout out two other fights on that card real quick. Uh, Shaquille Finn. Yeah, yeah. My my boy, the Jamaican juggernaut. If you don't know the name, you should come forward. I think he's back on a smash and grab. He had a loss a little while back. I blame it on switching to veganism. 100%. I agree with that. He, uh, listen, he had some issues on the scale and uh, was considering going vegan before, went vegan, literally a month and a half before the fight he lost. Now, this is just for me to any fighter out there that watches your show. There's nothing wrong with going vegan. If it helps you, if it makes you a better fighter, then I'm all for it. However, take into account that this is a major change and major changes are affected to your body. Therefore, give yourself like two to three months for your body to adjust to that shit. You can't just, you know, switch up tomorrow. Main eventing that bad boy, female fighter, Mary Decare. Listen, she's an originally, she's a karate fighter. She's not everyone's favorite, kind of like for the Dario reasons. She's a point fighter. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have a lot of pop. She's a female boxer. It's understandable. But she will box the ears off of this girl. And the reason we're bringing her up is because the way the female divisions are cut up, the way um, things are set up in female boxing, she is in a prime position for a year or two from now to be fighting for a world title. What's her weight? So I believe 147, 154. I don't have my notes in front of me by heart. There's 200 fighters in Canada. I'm yeah. sorry for getting she's, a it big, wrong. she's
0: She's a big girl, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's as big as it gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? For for competitive boxing anyway. I mean, there's there's female heavyweight champs, but it's not real competitive looking. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Um That being said, she's a point fighter, you know, and you're gonna watch ten rounds of her just, you know, point fighting. It's clean boxing. She knows what she's doing. And I think for the advancement of female boxing. Yes. Right. I, I think she's a fantastic ambassador. English, French. She smiles well. She does seminars. She talks in front of groups of kids. I think a year or two from now, if they put a world title on her, I think she'll open up the doors for maybe five years from now, we'll have a real badass set of female fighters to talk about. And part of the reason will be because of main events done by a girl like Mary of Decar. And in 12 days from today, you have the
0: biggest heavyweight fight in the last decade in Canada going down. Our guy, I'm going to say our guy because I know you're going with the boogeyman. Adam Braidwood versus Simon Keene. It's, it's, it's huge. It's Uh
1: It's insane. And only Adam would be nuts enough to agree to this fight. And I don't say because it's going to be a tough fight or because he could lose or I'm not saying because of that. He is basically going to this dude's backyard. This town. is a place, yeah. And uh, there was an MMA fight that happened there years ago, which basically shut down MMA for all of Quebec for years. <laughs> I won't. I won't go into details, right? But. Uh, Harley Davidson is not going to be sponsoring this fight, right? So, uh, (laughs) it was a pretty messed up situation back then over a fight that got disqualified in the main event. It was pretty bad. It hit all the news. There was a bit of a riot. So, uh, Adam being who Adam is, I already told Adam to have a car running outside the building. Yes. Because he is going to... I think it is going to be sheer pandemonium. I think uh, I think it's going to be a fucking clusterfuck shit show. I, I think all of Canada, I think every news outlet is going to take this story on. <sighs> I'm Manny Montreal. I'm not supposed to be rooting against the home team, so I will not say who I think is winning, but... I will say uh, a few weeks ago, Mizogure had the balls to make the odds for this by twelve to one. For who? For Simon Keen. Oh my God! So, so that being said, if somebody somebody put a twenty down, yeah, right at that point in time, they're they're gonna make a few bucks. They might more than likely make a few bucks. Now that went from twelve to one with. Um, Adam winning by knockout. To now, the odds I just checked this morning are down to four to one. Just Adam winning. There's no longer picking knockouts in that fight. They shut that down. <laughs> and and the odds have now gone down to four to one. Nonetheless, the reason I'm saying this is because I don't bet on fights. I think it's stupid. I think uh, gambling on something you can't qualify with math. Yes. Dumb, you know, like football, baseball. There's you can apply some math to it and, and pull some sort of uh, process. Fighting's a little different, right? It's Russian roulette, a little bit. So, uh, four to one's stupid, 12 to one's absurd, insane, Rid- ridiculous. Four to one's still stupid, and uh, this is a 50 50 fight. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, People here can say to me, oh, Simon Keen's got a better pedigree, went to the Olympics. Listen, I've seen the dude fight. Yeah. I've seen seen footage of him in bad situations. Uh, He just fought DJ Khaled and went fucking five rounds. (laughs) That dude was awesome, by the way. Bless his heart to that Mexican opponent. Amazing. I love that guy. I'm a fan. Seriously, for a big guy... For a big guy like that to mess around in the ring like he did, just bless his heart, I would have loved to have seen him 100 pounds slimmer. That's the real, yeah. that's the real. He made me wish that just watching him box. He had some skills. Here's the one thing I have an issue with with Simon Keane. And uh, I'll bring up my only issue with Adam as well. Okay. But my only issue with, with Simon Keane is if you throw him in the fire, if the shit gets fucked up, I don't like his reaction. I agree with okay? that. When he gets bum-rushed, I don't like it. I find he does the quintessential thing a heavyweight should never do, which is the stiff arm, mummy arms out, like, oh, no, please don't hit me, both hands out. Yes. It is one of the most scariest things he does, and he does it. Mm-hmm. That being said, Adam Braywood is known for bull-rushing dudes and, and swinging punches from his ankles. Yes. So, uh, not a good idea for Simon to s- try and do the stiff arm move with a raging bull. Now for Adam, it's, it's the reverse, right? Him coming in guns blazing like that. No fucks given like he did in that Baloui fight yeah. where he, he ate a couple of good shots and he was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. He put his chin down, ate a couple more, laughed in the middle of the ring. And then started swinging like a wild man. Most of those punches didn't land. <laughs> yeah. Right? But the ones that did were just evil and yeah. devastating. And it made Baloui, like, just cringe and worry. And then he just kept doing it and landing a few more. And that's what did the fight in. I mean, if you look, it came close to being a no uh, disqualifying because Adam nearly struck him in the back of the head as as Baloui was hanging over the ropes. Yeah. Good job on the ref, by the way. Uh, really tough with big men. So whoever's refing Keen Braywood, man, let's all, you know what, give that dude a silent prayer. Hope he ate his Wheaties. Hope he's a dude that can do the job for a heavyweight because there's nothing scarier than a guy that's got no control in a heavyweight fight. And uh, it's going to be extremely tough to have control in that ring, I'm assuming. It's 500 pounds of human Doing that. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. It's no
1: insanity. Even if this fight wasn't as publicized as it was it's a fantastic fight uh, both these guys have done such a great job at, at Building up the the, the 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 hype on this fight I think this is maybe one of the best told stories self-told. Yep self-told stories out there and uh, I think the winner is gonna be looking at a lot of big things a I, lot of big things.
0: I think the, the winner of this fight gets shot right into the fucking stratosphere and is an instant star. Well, look,
1: as far as Canada's concerned, I'll agree with you. Yeah. Right. What's interesting here, here's another absurd thing with numbers that bothers me here. But uh, according to BoxRec, which isn't, you know, it's 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 not a hundred percent accurate, you know what I mean? They do their best and it's an insane job, so I'm not trying to shit on them. But you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Adam's somewhere in like sixty-fifth position in the world. Right? Yes. There's like there's like four hundred heavyweights, maybe three hundred and eighty, something like that. And he's like sixty fifth. Somehow Simon Keane is somewhere around thirty four. What? Yeah. Yeah, or thirty seven or something. Wow. So The argument could be made that Simon doesn't really move up all that much, right, should he uh, lose. But Adam wins, you know, this really propels him. Now, if you take a look at who's above Simon King, you know, from 30 to number one, we all know, you know, the Deontay Wilders and the Joshuas, but there's guys in between there that A, could equal a check more than 50K. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the realm we're starting to step into, right? Because to the guys that are watching this or listening to this that don't know, uh, Adam Braywood is not making a house down payment fighting Simon Keane. Uh, you know, he's, he's making some money and maybe, hopefully, I'm praying the most money he's made. But, you know, he's, he's definitely not making a salary or a yearly salary for, off of one fight. And uh, that being said, should he win against Simon Keane, he'll be in that realm where anyone he fights that, pr- that moves him forward in that uh, rankings will give him a minimum of 50K. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. So to me, I look at that as a good threshold where he can now concentrate on having one fight and knowing that that'll pay the year and he can concentrate on the next one after that and so on and so forth. And like I said, there's guys like Manuel Char. Uh, Huey Fury, Tommy Morrison's son, uh, Oscar Kaboom Rivas from here in Quebec as well. Yeah. All these guys are ranked ahead. Uh, a guy fighting this weekend. Um, by the way, I want to bring up Tyson Fury fighting this weekend. Yes. How great, how great would it be for Adam, Adam Braywood to train with Tyson Fury in some sort of training camp? Anyways, um, just a little something I'm praying for. Could you imagine that? Maybe somebody's made a few emails. The social media shit would be insane. Yes. Well, those two are a, a, a pair made in heaven. If I can put them together over a table somewhere, uh, it'll be, you know, a great coup on my part. <laughs> yeah. But um, that being said, you know, there's guys now that if he's in that realm, will consider him for sparring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even if it doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna, you know, fight for a world title, at least it means he's gonna have easier access to a bit better sparring. Somebody might invite him to a camp somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ireland seems like a good place for Adam Braywood in my mind. You know, I think the fans in Manchester would blow their minds at an Adam Braywood. That being said, uh, you know, the, there's really some good opportunities and. Either Simon or Adams got the next five years to capitalize on this win, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Dylan Carmen was not going to break through to the world. Nah, he's as boring. A, but it, he's not boring. Get no, he's here. not. As a fighter, maybe you can argue me that. But as a human being, trust me, get him in conversation, you're going to laugh. He's, he's, he's pretty entertaining. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Honest to God. I'll take your word for it. He, Not a bad egg. Not a bad egg. You know, there's some weird stuff there, but not a bad egg. Uh, That being said, though, he wasn't gonna go on the world scene. No. Right. He he wasn't our next Lennox Lewis. He wasn't gonna. You know, there's there's a chance for Simon, or Adam, or Adam (laughs) to go out there and and make a splash on the world scene. You know, a Huey Fury, for example. Right, it might not be the most eloquent, the beautiful boxing match out there, right? But Adam will bring it. Yeah, it's a fight. Adam will bring it, and win or lose, the fans that watch that will know who Adam is. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So the the game right now for Adam, seeing his age and everything else, like if he was an 18 year old doing this right now, I would have an entirely different game plan for him. One hundred percent, right? But there is. There's a short lifespan on this, but there are moves out there. You know, the heavyweight division's never been as exciting. And win or lose, that is because of one word, boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have that fight going past six rounds. Three.
0: You got three? I I wanted to give it a little bit of time because Simon's got skills. Like, he... He's got a good jab um i don't I don't think he's the most athletically or coordinated person on the planet but uh he definitely has boxing intelligence
1: no absolutely throws a proper jab if he's gonna obviously wanna stay sharp and smart against Adam and not you know get crazy out there. Yeah, And they're obviously going to tell them to just work off the jab and stay smart and just play sharp. They're going to tell him that in the beginning. My prediction is, look, I'll, how can I break this down without fucking shitting on someone? Okay. <laughs> if I was in a plane and I was with Simon Keen and there's no pilots and the plane's about to crash, okay, and Simon's flying the plane... Oh, I'm jumping out. I am... Yeah, I'm jumping out. <laughs> okay? I, I am not confident in this man's nerves. However... I have a weird feeling... Adam would grab the wheel... Or the, the joystick, I guess. I don't know what the fuck you call it. But he would grab the plane... Look at me and tell me everything's gonna be alright. And then go back to trying to fly this thing. Despite having absolutely no clue how to fly a plane... For some reason... His insane comfort in that situation would then comfort me. Would calm you. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So, I don't think I'd jump out of the plane. I think I'd take a chance on the crazy man. You get what I'm saying? 100, I'd jump in the co-pilot seat and put the headset on. So, uh, I don't know what will happen when the shit stick gets pulled right it, and it's going to get pulled that's it's going to get pulled and i don't think simon can deal with the clusterfuck that is adam deciding fuck it i'm going to throw my chin down and swing for the fences yeah
0: there's a so... there's a point in every fight with adam where he just says fuck it we're going to have a
1: street fight now and then it's over yeah Like, he's like, no, ain't no fucking way I'm losing this. Because he ate that shot from Beloui. Watch that fucking fight, Yeah, ate it. Watch that fight. Just eats a massive shot. And you can almost see the the craziness kind of switch on. Yep. So, you know, Simon really didn't have a tough time there with DJ Khaled, like you said. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he could play it safe and everything, right? but i think once the fuck it switch gets thrown yeah we're in adam's world and i don't think simon knows how to swim in those treacherous waters it's going to be pandemonium i like i said man i i know adam's going to have people with him and everything right i'm i'm just hoping he gets out of the ring quick right and gets out of the building quick Like, I'm willing to meet him down the street for the interview. We don't have to do anything ringside. You know what I mean? There's a McDonald's not far away. We can do fucking press and everything else over there. I'll drive the doctors and whoever else that needs to fucking see Adam, but I do not think Adam will need to stay in that building after the fight. No. I'm running out of the building. Trust me. Like, I'm... I'm still working on getting there. I have my press pass. Like I was explaining before, it's more about getting around. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, fuck. The Red Baron won't make the trek up there? It's a three-hour drive, man. Yeah, it's far. It's not so much it won't make the trek up there and I'm not willing to do it. It's if I make it up there, I got no one willing to bring me back down.
0: I understand. You get that. what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Like if I break down an hour and a half away from here, depending on the direction, I'm either good or fucked. <laughs> Listen, you have a Patreon account, don't you? Yes, sir. What is it? At Patreon, obviously, Manny MTL Montreal. You can look up Manny Montreal as well. I, I got a bunch of different tiers on there. It. I started it a little while back. Uh, you can go from anything to buy me a coffee to straight out. Buying me out and taking over my account. (laughs) I'm dead serious. I mean, there's guys out there working for TV ball and the fight network and everything. I got no issues with for the next month being, you know, entirely under the bad guy's thumb. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Uh, I'm for rent. I'm for hire. Uh, That being said, I mean, I also take free VIP tickets to Toronto. But uh, yeah, man. Any help will do, man. I'm just trying to make it happen. It's four years of doing this shit. I mean, the the boxers, the fighters have have taken me in. There isn't a gym or a fighter I can't get a hold of. I I'm really blessed, man. I'm really really blessed, you know. And the Patreon thing is just a, a way to help me out and to keep this going. So I really do appreciate it.
0: Listen, this fight will not be the same if Manny Montreal doesn't show up and fucking show win again and and oh, cover, cover this shit
1: you have to have be to there. Be. Have to be. Even if I didn't know Adam, okay? And normally, Shawinigan, I'd be like, fuck it, right? <laughs> but, I mean, there's Eve Ulysses on that card. Yeah. Which, if you're a boxing fan, that's that's the real shit right there. Like, it's Mike Tyson-level pandemonium for the heavyweight fight. Like, you know, people should be buying that pay-per-view just on the mere fact that it could be over in 30 seconds. Yes. Right? Because it's 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 literally gonna be shooting a man out of a cannon. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if you're into that, but Eve Ulysses will give you your boxing portion. There will be some craftsmanship and there'll be some, you know, some beautiful boxing for those people that are not into the carnage. It's a great card, man. If you can't be there, I have Punching Punch and Grace is is doing something. I believe you can get it on pay-per-view. We'll be sharing links for that as well. Hopefully it'll, Adam makes some money off of that because
0: it'll be on it, uh Amazon pay-per-view indigo for fifty nine ninety nine. Wow. Worth it though. One hundred percent worth it. Like you got worth Eve it. Eve's Ulysses, Simon Keene versus Adam Braidwood. Um our guy from Edmonton, Eric Taylor's gonna be competing on that card. If you if you like
1: boxing, like straight up boxing, Eric Taylor look, and I'll, Eves are gonna be your guys. Well, look, I'll give you another real quick one, right? You got Nurzat. Yeah. I can't say his last. Name. Sabirov. Nurzat Sabirov. Uh, is, that, Ablik. is that the giant Hold guy? On. No, no, no. No giant guy. Okay. They, they, they wouldn't put him on that same card, man, because that might, you know. He's fucked up looking, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely an Andre the Giant kind of thing going on there. Yeah. He looked
0: like. You've seen the movies I, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe? you seen yeah. those? He looks yeah. like the kid in the last one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, right? He actually grew up not too far away from Chernobyl. Okay. So who knows, right? But uh, that being said, to go back to the card, uh, Nurzat Sabirov, Ablet Kusanov, and Saradin – I can't say his last name. I forget it. The Saradin kids got over 400 amateur fights. Uh, I believe only 10 losses or something as a pro – Top rank match room um, MTK had all made offers to get him, and Ida Tiger and a lady named Anna Reva are actually the ones that scored him. Okay. Uh, he was he was by far the prospect of the year. People were looking to hire this guy. Is that that's and
0: not Archer, is it?
1: No, it, his okay. name is Saradin. You got to okay. look him up. He's on his third fight. Uh, honestly, I he's going to be in there for a round. I'm oh, telling really? you right now. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. He could be fighting a guy who's 15 and 0. It's going to go one round. So, yeah, yeah. No, this is, I'm not blowing my horn or anything. I'm telling you. He's so good, I'm more worried about us losing him to another big promoter. You got to send me the name.
0: Like, just text me the name when when this is over. I got to watch that.
1: I will. The two other Kazakh guys are really good, too. They're really interesting fighters. They're really fun to watch. And they come from a really good group of Kazakhs that we got going on here. Yeah, yeah. So, as far as clean boxing goes, that whole undercard, the whole undercard's worth it. The is, whole uh, under- is is Archer still fighting
0: on that card? I can't remember his last name. He wears the funny, the the
1: German hat. Oh, I, yeah, I, did. I love that guy. Okay, so he's Russian, not Kazakh. Yeah. So, full Russian. And... uh I really, really, really love that kid. I'll 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 give you a little this is the first time I ever tell this story, so I'll give you a little insight on him. First time I meet him, no English, no French. He's already picking it up, by the way. Yeah. First time I meet him, no English, no French. Literally got off from the airport an hour ago. Here in Montreal, she, Anna Revas, the one that brought him here. She goes, Listen, I'm gonna make you work out and spar a couple guys. We'll see how you do. No promises. We'll see how your trip in Montreal goes. Right? He's not signed to anyone, nothing. Uh, I got to watch this kid's very first sparring sessions against some p- names here in Montreal, and yeah. he held his own. He held his own for like a bunch of them. <sighs> There's more to the story, but I can't tell it all because I'm, <laughs> I'm sworn to So he actually stepped in the ring with Jean-Pascal. Ooh! Now this is Jean-Pascal before fighting Kovalev again. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So this is still a fresh Jean-Pascal. And uh, the kid did four rounds with him and held his own. I, and when I say that, I mean I saw other people go that same day with Jean-Pascal. They didn't hold their own. So here's this kid, never had a pro fight, hold down the house for four rounds with Jean-Pascal, making Jean-Pascal trying to figure out how to get to him. Perfect. Hey, if you want to talk about scoring an A on an audition, you know what I mean? Because like, I knew ahead of time she wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, like, not that uh, don't want the kid to ever think she doubted him, but she wasn't sure. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's that, going to be like that with anybody, though. It's his first time. That sealed the deal for him. 100%. Like, he might have thought he had the contract when he got the plane ticket and he met Jean-Pascal and he, he met his future coach and he met all these people. The truth is he could have been back on that plane that day.
0: 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He held his own against Jean-Pascal for four rounds. Now, I don't know if he could have done eight. But the kid got out of there and it was almost as if he could have done more.
0: Well, like I seen Arter, uh the first time I seen him, he absolutely destroyed Markel Waterburn, and then uh, I got to see him live at KO Boxing in Edmonton, and he put an absolute ass whooping on a Croatian young man, and then uh, I got to talk to him a little bit after. His English is is still broken, as but he like, he doesn't speak it very good, but uh, what a what a fantastic guy.
1: Listen, uh he's we've had other Russian fighters. You know, and not everybody, you know, fits the bill. Yeah. He doesn't speak English, but, I mean, he gets it. He's fine, yeah. Not every fighter gets it. He gets it. Yeah. He understands. A smile does so much. You know what I mean? And uh, so on top of him getting it and then the way he works out and everything, he's definitely a kid to watch for. I do not know if he's on this card. I'm going to have to check. I think he's not.
0: Oh, man, that's disappointing. I like him. His footwork is phenomenal.
1: Listen, all of these Kazakh and Russian kids all came here with 300 amateur fights minimum. Crazy bastards. They went 10 years ago. There was 10,000 boxers in Kazakhstan. There are over 45 registered amateur and pro boxers in Kazakhstan now. 45,000. In 10 years, they shot up 35,000 fighters. Now, part of that is the Golovkin, you know, he got hot and they all understood that, oh, shit, we could do it too. But it's not just that. The government and the Olympics team out there, they made a real push for it. There's entire schools. There's schools of 300 kids just, you know, going to school and boxing. That's their whole life. Wow. So, you know, uh, be prepared. We're going to have an invasion, like it or not, across the world with these kids. Really, really interesting stuff. I mean, there's kids that are more talented here, but they've only fought 100 amateur fights. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like the the guy that comes over here with 300 amateur fights, he's almost already pro. Well, realistically, it's it's a lot of fucking rounds. It's a lot of rounds. And when you think about the guys that make it or the guys that uh, are that top percent, you know what I mean? So amongst themselves, amongst that 45k of fighters, you know, only the cream has been seeping out, and we've been stealing the cream, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, look at what Bob Aram. Bob aram has got five, six guys right now. He's been picking and prodding his, is, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's only been uh, choice selections. Anna's made a few different moves. She made like two, three choice selections, but something very smart she did. She grabbed a group of guys. Oh, the three of you are friends. Fuck it. grabbed all three of them you know (laughs) what i mean and and it's like okay maybe one out of one out of three of them gives up on it two years in right but that kid still turns into your translator he's still holding on to pads there's some sort of weird community going on there you know even if the guy's not boxing they're all helping each other so stuff like that turns into family though
0: i've been in gyms for the last 15 years uh, I, I have more family members from gyms or, or around Canada than I do of my own family that I talk to i uh,
1: I'd, I'd agree on that one i oddly enough I'd agree on that one too
0: <laughs> uh we're gonna wrap this thing up manny but before we get out of here we gotta talk real quick is uh bossy versus Jean Pascal why is this
1: shit show happening um Jean Pascal's the name yep Jean-Pascal is not selling to a promoter. Jean-Pascal wanted to make a check. Okay. Jean-Pascal wanted to make an easy check. (laughs) Uh, Nothing against Bossé. I got love and respect for him. Uh, You know, he's a fighter. He steps in the ring. Uh, He's going to make weight. He's going to do everything he's supposed to. He's got uh, Donna Stevenson's trainer. So he's got, you know... A guy that knows his boxing behind him, I guess. It doesn't help you in 30 days. No. That's my issue with it. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, I could knock this fight. But it's bringing work to the town. There's going to be an undercard. There's going to be referees working. There's going to be ring card girls working. I'm going to get to attend the fight. I'm going to get to press hands and meet some more fans. You know the guys on the undercard are going to get to you know get a little bit better, make a few bucks. So all in all, I'm not entirely against it. If this was a main event from HBO or something, I'd be livid. Oh, one hundred percent. Like how how,
0: how Boss- quickly does Jean Pascal chin Steve
1: Bossy though? It's gonna it's not going to last long. Well, look, Bossy can eat a shot, and. Uh, Pascal's not known for his big KO power. You know, he's known as being an athletic boxer. I think he cuts him up. I think he makes him look dumb. I think it's a TKO, if anything. Okay. I don't think I don't think he puts him to sleep though. I think he knocks him clean out. It's possible. You're not you're not listen, it's happened for Bosse, right?
0: Well, here's the thing is Steve Bossy's coming over from MMA where technically MMA fighters don't throw the greatest punches. When you transfer over from MMA to boxing, the power level to boxers' punches compared to MMA punches, there's
1: a great deal of difference. Okay, so one thing. Uh, Yeah, okay, MMA, right? But I don't even feel comfortable calling him an MMA fighter. Okay, what are we calling him, hockey gun? Yeah, because, I mean, that's where he started off. And even if you look at it as MMA fights, he's boxing like a hockey goon. He's not – it's not like you can define it as Muay Thai or kickboxing or look at him and go, "Mm, okay, it's point fighting karate, his background. (laughs) You know what I mean? You look at him and you're like, oh, his background is pulling the shirt over the head. Yeah. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to shit on it. You know what I mean? To each his own. Uh, Chuck Liddell made a career out of one punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Chuck Liddell grew up in a different era of MMA, and by all means, if Chuck era were uh, if if Chuck were to appear today in MMA, his ground and jujitsu game would be getting him laughed out of the building. So uh, that being said, that's why I don't want to necessarily call Steve Bossé a big MMA fighter. I mean, uh, he, and then on top of that, it's heavyweight MMA fighting, so it's not. You know the most technical. It's not like he's fighting Anderson Silva at heavyweight or a Glover Teixeira or you know anything like that. He's fought Josh Thompson in Shawinigan. That's okay. by the way, yeah, that yeah. big fuck. And that wasn't even technically an MMA fight because they weren't allowed to do takedowns.
0: So it was like a super boxing fight
1: with MMA gloves on. Okay, I'll, because I told the story earlier, I'll 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 go into it a little bit. At the time, MMA was kind of in a gray zone. The commission showed up and said, fuck no, you're not doing no MMA here. However, they had already sold out the place. And like I said, a lot of motorcycle enthusiasts were in the building. And so before the fight, commission said, listen, you can't fight at all. So the, the guy that was doing the fight, Stefan Patri at the time, uh said listen what if we just do stand up will you let that happen and goes listen if you just do stand up we'll let it happen so they went in the corners they talked to Josh Thompson to talk to uh Basse they said listen uh commission's gonna stop this fight if you want to make your check we'll pay you but it's gotta be a stand-up fight only. Are we cool with that? Thompson said cool. Basse said cool. They're supposed to only stand up. The referee understands, no takedowns, no you know, no groundwork. Stand them back up. If it goes down to the ground, you're supposed to stand them back up immediately. Okay? Uh, Basay lands a couple big hands. Lands a big left hook. Josh Thompson shoots. (laughs) (laughs) Pulls his big takedown first 30 seconds into the fight. Problem is, all this bullshit I told you about, the fans weren't made aware of. So the fans and the crowd are still expecting an MMA fight. And see a beautifully done takedown, right? That knocked the win out of Boss a, But then also saw the referee step in immediately and call the fight. Yeah. Right? Because they are, they warned them both. Give, that we can't do takedowns. The commission won't let it happen. You can't go down on the ground. They went through the whole thing. Thompson shot. So they stopped the fight. The fight ends as a DQ. It's smart on Thompson's part. Because got paid. Didn't take a loss, didn't take any damage, got the fuck out of there. However, uh, interviews were done in what was left of the building afterwards. And uh, it wasn't pretty, you know. There was a lot of bad press that came from that. MMA took a giant hit, you know, because of pandemonium and some fuckery. So, uh, Bassey doesn't exactly have a good track record, so to speak. you know he's a shawinigan guy too you know what is Here, he here's the thing yeah oh yeah
0: he's from that area they were rooting for him that's interesting so i'll see steve there then probably
1: look i'll say this the one good thing i could think of from steve bussey winning against jean pascal somehow right yeah is Bassey would be taken seriously as a uh, heavyweight or light heavyweight boxer. And if, say, someone else that was kind of famous from Canada had beaten up another Shawinigan boxer in recent times, that might actually be a a showdown I'd be okay with. Oh, really? It would look silly. If Basse beat Pascal... For him to fight Braidwood? And Braidwood beat... Busset uh, and Bray would beat uh, Keane. You got six foot five versus five foot eleven. Oh, yeah, it's a giant shit show. <laughs> <laughs> but Shewinigan would pay for it.
0: Oh, 100%. And then Steve Bossy would be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life.
1: <laughs> listen, fun. man. That's terrifying. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, listen, if he beats Jean Pascal. At that point, I would be ready to believe he'd sign that fight because at that point, you got to be thinking you can take on the world. Well, he's one hundred percent. Fuck,
0: listen, I wish him the best of luck. If he can pull out the world beater and, and somehow be able to, he's not going to beat John Pascal in a decision. Let's just be honest. But <laughs> yeah. if he can chin John Pascal, he's got my respect.
1: Yeah, and and I'll I'll be one of those first people that'll call him to move up the heavyweight. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what are they fighting but, uh, at? Is it cruiserweight? Uh, no. Uh, I, I believe they're fighting at light heavy. What? They might They might do a catchweight between cruiser and light heavy. Because Jean Pascal is not a big guy, man. Because Steve weighed in his last fight at 224. Yeah. Oh, so the f- they might do a catchweight of like 200. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't want to be mean. I haven't really been paying attention to that fight. It's not really. I, I haven't applied has. for my press pass for it. I'm kind of waiting to see what the undercard's gonna, yeah, like fill out to look like. You know what I mean? And if I could see that it'll help a couple guys from here, then I'll I'll start pushing for it. But I've been too busy with this braidwood Keen stuff, man. <laughs> from what I heard, that that undercard for the Steve Bossy
0: Jean-Pascal fight is going to be a mismatch of combat sports. From what I hear, there's going to be an MMA fight on there. There's going to be a kickboxing fight on there. This is just what I've heard.
1: Oh, I don't know. And I'm not a big fan of those. I hate Yvon Michel. Yvonne Michel's done it before. Yeah. For uh, Yoni Sherbatov. Like, they opened up a boxing yeah, yeah. event, an MMA fight. I find it so hard to keep the crowd momentum, right, and attention. Like, there's little things that events do. They don't realize. You know what I mean? Stuff happens. A guy gets knocked out early, and now you got to do an intermission. And it kind of kills the vibe, you know? Yeah. Or, or a fight goes really long, and the crowd starts falling asleep. You know what I mean? So there's things people got to gotta take into account. And I feel like when you try and transition people between sports, you're mixing up your fans, and you're yes. going to mix up your reaction. So there's people that are gonna straight up see that it's an MMA fight and be like, "Oh, cool! I can go get a drink."
0: Well, yeah. Right? Like, MMA fans are way different than boxing fans.
1: So, I listen. I'm all for MMA. Don't get me wrong. Have your fight. Have your venue. Have your show. But it's a whole. I, f- I find the momentum's different, and, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they're only gonna be fucking themselves up that way. I agree with you on that. Well, Manny. Shout
0: out where everybody can find you. The Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the, the YouTube, whatever the fuck else you're on. I don't know. You're on everything.
1: Yeah, I am on everything. YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, what, what's this podcast called now, by the way? This is called The Final Shot. Hopefully some more on The Final Shot. Look for me, I will be everywhere. Manny Montreal, Manny MTL. I am the one and only. He
0: is the one and only. You don't get better boxing breakdowns, so go to Manny Montreal on YouTube. He, it's the best shit of all time, I love it. But uh, guys, it's episode two. Manny Montreal was here, he's going to be back. I'm going to try to get him as much as possible, especially when these giant fights are happening. Uh, the podcast today was brought to you by monster headphones buds and leaves and who else we have oh box runner shoes the best boxing shoes in the business we'll check you guys next week i think i'm only doing one show this week because i gotta go do medicals so peace